This is Fresh Matters, and I am Papa Kwesi Endo. Let me be very clear from the very beginning. The fixed minimum capital requirement being implemented in the financial sector in Ghana as part of the financial sector reform program championed by the Ministry of Finance and Economic Planning is a barrier to development. It is a barrier to development. And my purpose with this episode is to make the point that the minimum capital method being applied by regulators in the financial sector. And when I say regulators, I mean those regulators at the Bank of Ghana, the Securities and Exchange Commission, the Insurance Commission, and others, those in the financial sector, that that fixed capital method, fixed minimum capital method is inappropriate for a development, developing country like Ghana. It is ineffective, discriminatory, and biased against relatively new and small companies, small companies that the country actually really needs to go to those places outside of the big cities that truly need financial intermediation. It presents a disincentive to indigenous people and, and prevents their participation in the financial sector. And, you know, it is actually against the Ghana Beyond Aid agenda that has been put there and being advanced by the Akufuado administration. And you know, many of us know, a lot of people know, and I believe a number of people in positions of authority, leadership in Ghana know that no country has developed without leadership from a thriving indigenous financial sector. If there is development happening without a thriving indigenous financial sector, then it means that other people from other countries, from other regions, from other continents are the ones benefiting, benefiting 
from the rewards that come from participating in the financial sector. And those rewards can be very significant, can be very significant. And when the indigenous people participate in the financial sector, jobs are created. Capital is provided for small and medium scale enterprises. The people gain experience, they gain knowledge, and they prepare themselves to take on bigger roles. And indeed, government also gains in, in, in collecting taxes, collecting taxes, and it helps widen the tax net because these small indigenous financial companies tend to be the ones that spread themselves all over the country. Can you imagine a Ghana without the rural banks? Can you imagine a Ghana which, which, which banks and financial institutions actually spread themselves uh, to so the so-called hinterland? When GCB was Ghana Commercial Bank, it, it was the purpose of the, the first administration in Ghana, led by Dr. Kwame Nkrumah, for them to lead. So they were pushed outside of Accra, outside of the, the, the principal cities, uh, to many towns uh, throughout the country. Agriculture Development Bank of Old, now ADB, that's how they were pushed out. And indeed, that is how GN Bank went out and developed into the, 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 the largest, the largest of them in terms of geographic spread uh, to, to 300 locations and, and, and therefore brought inclusion to many people that hitherto um, were not participating in the formal banking sector. It is the indigenous people not the foreign-led ones who had been here in Ghana for decades and decades. So let's be clear about that. And many people have been asking me, and they've been asking, what was and what has been the real purpose of this sweeping financial sector reform that had been you know, cutting across the banks, um, the, 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 the capital markets, the insurance sector, uh, the pension people, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, what, is, what has been the purpose? They've been asking. And, and let me just tell you what some of them have been saying to me. Some have questioned to me. They've talked to me. That, and they've asked whether I think the purpose was to eliminate certain specific companies because of, of the shareholding of those companies. They have asked me. And, and some have said, well, was this done? Is this being done purposely? 
to force indigenous Ghanaian companies in the sector out of business. And some have even gone further to say, well, it appears that those companies that lent money to Ghanaian contractors who are owed by state agencies and were not getting paid, uh, that there was, there was some, some idea or some move to get them out of business so that they wouldn't be bothering the contractors and the contractors wouldn't be bothering government. <laughs> it's, 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 sometimes it, it bothers my mind, but some people have asked the question. Some people have asked the question. And, you know, some others have said, well, does it really make sense for a country such as Ghana um, to let a number of financial institutions just simply go out of business when um, they were providing services, products, that, that were needed for development. And here, let me just talk about my own company, GN Bank. Um, since GN Bank, since its license was removed, just go to some of the places where the GN Bank was serving and serving the people well. Who has come to replace GN Bank? Nobody. Nobody. None of the now so-called big banks that, that, that have stayed. None of them is, is, is rushing to go and replace them. Um, and why? Of course, they want to make more money sitting in Accra and Takradi and Kumasi and Cape Coast and places like that. But how are you going to develop in Talency? How are you going to develop uh, in, in places like Keta, how are you going to develop in Kwame Danso and so many other places around the country, Debiso, uh, and, and so on and so forth, when there is no licensed financial institution there to take care of the needs of the people? Why? Now, that's what people have said. Those are questions people have asked. So now let me tell you what the actual objective, written objective for financial, um, the financial sector reform um, has been. And I'm quoting from what has been written that I have read. It, it, it says, it is to allocate the resources efficiently increasing the return on investment and accelerate the growth of re the real sector in the economy, to accelerate the growth in the of the sector in the economy and create an efficient, competitive and stable sector that could contribute to stimulate growth, and I'm, 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 I know I'm somewhere. I'm paraphrasing, but 
if it is to allocate resources efficiently, increasing the return of investment, and accelerate the growth, the growth of the sector, to create an efficient, competitive, and stable environment that would stimulate growth in the economy of Ghana is the method chosen the right method that's my question and what is the method the method chosen by the ministry of finance and economic planning and the regulators that it provides overall supervision for bank of ghana securities and exchange commission National Insurance Commission and others is the method of fixed new minimum capital. Is it the right thing to do at, the, at this time in the 21st century in a developing country like Ghana? And my answer is no, definitely no. There are two different methods. One is the fixed new minimum capital method, one. The second one, the second one is not fixed, but the second one is, 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 is the one that I am proposing as, as one that um, uh, it, 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 that 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 should have been used, and 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 one that is also um, not not too late to go and and um, uh, and and use something different. And there's something different that that I am uh, talking about is a flexible, the flexible one, but the flexible one that is also related to a risk-based approach, risk-based but flexible approach to the, the, the minimum capital requirement. And, and let's, 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 let's talk about that. Because you see, what we want to get to, what everybody in the financial sector all the world over, knows is that risk-based capital refers to a rule that establishes minimum regulatory capital for financial institutions. These requirements ensure that each financial institution has enough capital on hand to sustain operating losses while maintaining a safe and efficient market. Okay. And so um, if, if we're talking about this, you know, fixed or risk-based capital and fixed capital standards, um, we should be talking risk-based capital versus fixed capital standards. 
that's that's the point I'm really trying to make. Risk-based versus fixed capital standards. Now, some of the people in Ghana that I have talked to in the regulatory arena, they talk risk-based and then they somehow magically run to fixed capital standards. But how can you merge, merge or confuse the two? For me, the risk base is a flexible one. And the flexible one, depending on the risk that is assumed by the company we're talking about. And I will explain, you know, because I don't want to make this a very technical discussion and a technical presentation, because I want everybody to understand what I am talking about here. Um, because this, what's going on, uh, some people just think, oh, we want the banks to have enough capital. And therefore, if, if the, the regulator says, bring enough capital, then the regulator is right. Or if the insurance commission says um, a, 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 a bottom, okay, a bottom of um, 50 million Ghana cities is what the, the companies need, then if you don't have the 50 million, then you have no business getting into the sector. And so they must be right. They must have done their homework. Well, that's not the case. And that's what I'm saying, that's not the case. And I want to explain, but to, to, uh, to, to explain, let us also ensure that we again uh, understand something, that in Ghana, when we talk about financial institutions, we're talking bank, banks, we're talking insurance companies, we're talking those in the capital markets, such as the fund managers, uh, the, 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 the brokerage companies and, and the, the like. We're also talking uh, the, the pension uh, management uh, companies. So there are a variety of people. And when you talk about even the banking, the banking, now we have the, the, the universal banks, and we also have the non-banking financial institutions, and we have the rural banks. We have the savings and loans companies. All of them are all captured under the financial sector, and they are all subject to a fixed minimal, minimum capital requirement. All of them. All of them. And every now and then a regulator comes and says, and jumps, in the case of the banks, um, the Bank of Ghana jumped from 120 million Ghana cities to 400 million Ghana cities in one fell swoop, that hey, everybody must jump from one level to another. But then they tell you, well, if you're not able to go to 400 million Ghana cities, then maybe you might want to apply to become a savings and loans company. But a savings and loans company, the requirement is 15, one, five, million Ghana cities. It's, 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 it's even a strange thing to even for anybody to, to now talk about. Um, and again, I want to take my time and explain what I mean by um, risk-based, flexible capital requirement versus the fixed uh, minimum capital requirements. You know, when you say fixed, the fixed is what Ghana has been practicing all these years, what I call the archaic 
And you know, President Akufado likes to talk about the, the, the Gugisberg economy. You know, and he says that's the old economy. And that is also what I call the archaic economy. The one that was based on you know, us producing primary products like cocoa, timber, gold, and so on and so forth without adding value and, and, and exporting them. Okay, that's what he called and has been calling the Gugisberg economy. Well, I call the fixed the fix minimum capital the Gugisberg, the archaic method of determining what, what capital a financial institution must have. And, and, and that is the one, the fixed one. That is the one that caused the Bank of Ghana to all of a sudden say universal banks must go from 120 million Ghana cities to 400 million Ghana cities. It is the same fixed one that you know, causes life and non-life insurance companies um, for, for their capital to be increased from 5 million Ghana cities to 50 million Ghana cities and for reinsurance companies to go from 40 million Ghana cities to 125 million Ghana cities. And it is the one that also uh, increases the requirement for fund managers to 2 million Ghana cities minimum uh, for trustees uh, to go up to 50 million Ghana cities and so on and so forth. That is a, a, a minimum for everybody, no matter how much business that you're doing. So uh, in the banking sector, if you're a bank that has deposits of 100 million Ghana cities, the Bank of Ghana says, bring 400 million Ghana cities as capital. But then if there's a bank, if there's a bank that has deposits, that is the risk that the bank is taking, deposits of 5 billion Ghana cities, it still says bring 400 million Ghana cities as capital, minimal. And then when we go to insurance companies, if a company um, is in, in, in the non-life area and that company is writing business policies uh, of 100 million Ghana cities a year, the insurance commission says bring 50 million Ghana cities as minimum capital. And if that company is writing 5 billion Ghana cities of policies, essentially risk of 5 billion Ghana cities, it still says bring 50 million Ghana cities. Now, does this even make sense practically? Practically? So while on the one hand, it drives out if you will, the smaller companies, the smaller companies who are doing, writing less risk or collecting small deposits or, or doing small business if, if you're an insurance company, it is actually having a lower than expected, expected requirement 
for the huge and the big companies, the big banks, the big insurance companies, the big fund managers, because it is not flexible, it's not risk-based. So let me explain further. In other countries, let's say, let's take the United States, because the United States has gone through a number of problems, a number of problems, and, and those problems have made the people in the United States decide that they will not use a fixed minimum, that they will use a more flexible but risk-based capital. So let me give you um, some examples um, in insurance. So in insurance, for example, in, in the U.S., they started using risk-based capital instead of fixed capital standards in the 1990s because a string of insurance companies became insolvent in the 1980s and 1990s uh, so that they found that under the fixed capital standards, two insurers of the same size in the same state were generally required to hold the same amount of capital in reserve. But then the same two insurance companies would be writing different kinds of policies. And those different kinds of policies carried different kinds of risks. Okay? So the riskier the kind of policies that you write, the more capital that should be required of you by the, by the regulator. And also, the bigger the amount of policies, the total amount of policies that you write, that you put on your books, the higher the minimum capital should be. Should be. And I, I don't know if people wouldn't understand this. That, for example, if an insurance company is writing total policies, in total, simple general policies, let's say automobile policies of 10 million Ghana cities, 10 million Ghana cities, they should be required to have a certain type of capital, amount of capital, that is different and smaller than a company that is writing 100 million Ghana cities worth of policies, or 200 million, or 1 billion. So is the fixed one a lazy person's approach? Is it an effective way? Does it adequately cater for growth? Does it take care of risk as it grows? In my opinion, no. It is a wrong thing to do. It is the absolute wrong thing to do. And that is why I also say that, that, that you know, um, when we talk about capital, especially when the banks talk about tier one capital, when they talk about tier one capital, what basically they're saying is that in life, emergencies occur, problems occur. So the worst case scenario um, is that a, a, a bank or an insurance company should not be blindsided by a disaster and be completely unprepared to handle it. 
And in, in the U.S., they went through the financial crisis and particularly the banking crisis um, in two, 2008 and, and thereabouts. And so what they have done is to come up with different methods, risk-based, in order for the, the banks to be properly capitalized. So let me give you an example. In the United States of America, there is no single fixed minimum capital required of banks. There isn't. There isn't. I should know. I'm a player in banking in America. If there were, can you imagine that there are huge banks such as JP Morgan Chase, such as Bank of America, such as you know, BMO Harris and, and others. These are huge banks, Wells Fargo and others, that have trillions in assets, trillions in deposits. And then there are smaller banks, community banks and others. Some of them have assets of 50 million. I, I know a bank that, is, that, that has deposits of $20 million, that's all. 20 million compared to the banks that have trillions of dollars in deposits and assets. But you see, the liabilities of these two categories of banks vary widely. So if the American regulator were to set a minimum, a fixed minimum for all banks in America, would the community banks survive? No. Would the, would, would the, the smaller, um, mid-sized banks survive? No. What you would have is to have the, the Bank of Americas, the, 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 the J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, the Wells Fargo's of this world, and so on and so forth. They would be the ones that would be there, those huge banks. But the wisdom of the American regulator, the American system, the American government, the Congress of the United States of America is that America needs smaller banks, smaller banks, especially the community banks. And it makes special provision for those, it even tries to protect them, tries to protect them and tries to help them in order for them to stay around, to serve the needs of the smaller communities, of certain communities such as the African-American communities, the Indian communities, the Spanish communities, and the rural communities. And so what do they do? What they do is to define the, the minimum risk-based capital that a bank needs. And so let me tell you, what is it that, um, what is it that they do? And, and you see, um, each bank, there is something called the Dodd-Frank rules, where each bank is required to have a total risk-based capital ratio of 8% and a tier one risk-based capital ratio 
of 4.5%. A bank is considered well capitalized if it has a tier one capital ratio of 8% or greater and a total risk-based capital ratio of at least 10%. Now, let me make this simpler. Let's just for talking sake say that um, a bank has a 10% capital ratio. A 10% capital ratio means that that bank that has, if you will, a risk liability of $100 million in deposits, $100 million of deposits, it must have $10 million in capital, in capital to be considered okay. okay I've already told you that what is really required is the 8%, but I'm just using the 10% to make it easier uh, to, do the, the, to talk about this. So if we say, if we say that we are talking uh, 10% as the tier one capital. So a bank, if it is a, a $20 million bank, in terms of deposits. What it means is that what they need to bring is $2 million. The $100 million bank, $10 million. The $1 billion bank, one, one, the $1 billion bank, $100 million. So none of this one size fits all 400 million Ghana cities that the Bank of Ghana and the Ministry of Finance and Economic Planning has, has foisted on, on the system in Ghana, that everybody, regardless of your size, your, your deposits, and so on and so forth, you must bring 400 million Ghana cities because we want our banks to be big banks. Big banks. It, it just doesn't make practical sense. I've already told you that because of this, some of those places where GN Bank was, well, they have been left without, without a, a regulated bank. Some of those places where Beige Bank you know, uh, was located, there's no bank there. But the so-called bigger banks now, where are they? They are in so-called safe markets, Accra, Tema, Takradi, Kumasi, Cape Coast, Tamale, and so on and so forth. But aren't there Ghanaians, aren't there citizens in those other places? Aren't they? Don't they deserve also to have banks? So I hope my point is, I'm, I'm making my point clearly. So what I'm saying is, is that if you decide on a one-size-fits-all, fixed, you're cutting out certain investors, from getting into the sector, and those investors will tend to be indigenous people. Uh, if you, you also cut that out, it means that the smaller banks who would be interested in going to the rural communities, into those communities that are in faraway places, you'll be cutting them out 
you'll be excluding them from the financial system. And that is going on today in Ghana. It's going on today in Ghana. So risk-based capital, I want to say it clearly, risk-based capital, which is flexible, and but flexible based on the risk that an insurance company, a bank, capital markets company um, decides to, to go after and, and, and actually does go after. That is better. That is more, more um, the norm today. That is forward-looking. That is development-oriented. Much, much better than the archaic Gugisberg-oriented fixed, fixed capital, fixed minimum capital approach that is being preached and implemented in Ghana today. But there's one more thing. You know, when a regulator decides on the flexible risk-based capital, it means that it must do more work it must be more active in supervision. And the supervision must not be on frivolous things. The supervision must be focused in determining what is the risk, the actual risk, in terms of the amount of policies being written by each insurance company. Because if you do that, then you can make sure that they do not exceed the limits based on the amount of capital they have available. So the company with 20 million Ghana cities in capital must not be allowed to take on policies of a certain size in total. So the higher your capital that you have available, the higher the amount of business that you should be allowed to write if you're an insurance company the higher the capital that you have as a financial institution, as a bank, the higher the, the amount of deposits that you should be allowed to, to, to take on. But it is only by a diligent, regular, supervisory program that you can implement something like this. And so in the U.S., if you're in the banking sector, insurance sector, every month, your reports must go and they are reviewed. Every year, the supervisors do their, their work. The examiners go out. They check everything. They make sure people do not exceed their, the risk tolerance that, that their capital dictates. That's what we need. And so I know that if I'm running a bank in the United States of America, that if, if I want to grow to be a billion dollar bank, then I must raise capital up to 100 million. If I want to be if a, a trillion dollar bank, I know how to do my calculation and how much capital I must go and raise. But I also know that if, if I want to be a smaller bank, I know I can be in business by having the right level of capital, uh, by being profitable, 
by, by complying with all the regulatory requirements of staying in that business. And I know that the regulator has eyes, has ears, is watching, is looking, is reading, it's listening. That's what we need. Those kinds of regulators. And the regulator who will tell you, you are going wrong. Come back, change course, do something different if you want to stay in this business. But it's not the regulator who wakes up all of a sudden one day after denying you know, the, the, their responsibilities, after shirking their supervisory responsibilities, after not examining the books, raise, raise up, wake up one day and say, ah, I've seen problems and therefore go away. Therefore, you're not correct. Therefore, I must close you down. That does not help. And that's where we are in Ghana. And I hope I've explained why I said at the very beginning that indeed the type of fixed minimum capital method, that method being applied in Ghana, is an archaic one and it's against development that it will not help the, the, the entire economy to grow. It will not help the indigenous people to lead the financial sector. And it will be against the, the agenda of even the present administration that says it wants a Ghana, a Ghana beyond aid. If what I have said to you is not clear enough, please let me know. I'm happy to come back and explain it some more so that everybody would understand. And yes, everybody should know. Of course, I've, I've, I've done business and I still want to do business in the banking sector in Ghana. Everybody knows I do business um, in the capital markets. Everybody knows I do business in the insurance sector, in the pension sector. So yes, whatever decision that is made, it does affect um, the companies I have invested in, in the financial sector. But it isn't just from a personal standpoint. It is also from a sector and an economy and a national perspective. Because if we do the right thing, if we encourage the small ones to survive and grow, they are the ones likely to, to help the smaller businesses and individuals out there to also grow, develop, and prosper. And in every economy, it is the small and medium-scale enterprises that lead development, that make sure prosperity happens. Because one day, one day, one of them, two of them, three of them, ten of them, will grow bigger and become big companies, prosperous companies. That's what we want, prosperous listening. Uh, to this risk-based matter. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fresh Matters. You can listen to all the other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. God bless you.